And so it begins. In such a noisy, crowded world, how do we find our lanes? How do we mine our pain points for their most beautiful lessons? How do we use our talents to create the change we still believe in? Welcome to The School for Disruptors, a weekly podcast hosted by Drs. Kimberly McLawn and Sarah Goulish. Each episode dives into real, vulnerable conversations about self-awareness, self-definition, and of course, all kinds of disruption. Let's find our audacity. Let's bloom. Courage. The ability to do something that frightens one. Strength in the face of pain or grief. So what you thinking today, sis? Well, we were going to record Courage last week and then we didn't. And I've been thinking about it, I feel like, pretty constantly since then. I feel like it keeps coming up to me um, in areas where I'm like, oh, I don't have courage here. Or I need courage. Or... I should use courage, and I think, um, yeah, there's so much I could talk about with this. I think it's just, I think it's beautiful that um, that you're, you've been meditating on the word, that mm-hmm. it's been like, you know, just showing up and spending time with you and like, you know, just in a, like a loop, because I think it's such a beautiful word to walk through every single day with some sensibility about. Yeah, and I think because the opposite, and this might not be a true opposite, but I think of fear as opposing to courage. And um, there's so much, I feel like, embedded in my history and my family history of fear. You know, like I grew up, my mom had a ton of fears, like a ton of things that she was afraid of. It's something she still battles with. Her mother before her was even worse in terms of just like fearing the world, fearing um, driving. You know, like the list is just so long. And so then I feel like I've spent so much of my life trying to fight against being fearful um, or pretend that I'm not fearful in circumstances where I actually am fearful, um, something I'm working through in therapy. But it made me think about where have I had courage? Where do I need to have courage? Um, you know, just really reflecting on all of those areas. Like, so I gave you a list of words that were possibility and then courage came to me as the last one and you were like yes courage so why did you react that way to it I think I've been thinking about it too I think I've been thinking about like how it applies to how it applies to like how I'm reading the world how I'm reading other people how I'm interacting with other people how I'm trying to make sense of how to make space for other people um, I think so much about what it means to love somebody is about courage and so like for me I've, I, I'm the more I'm like I'm working through my own evolution I think about it at all of my interactions with people or trying to center my interactions with people in love mm-hmm. and I've been spending some time reading about like what does it mean to love someone and part of that formula is about effort and work but the other half of that formula is about love it's about courage excuse me it's about courage so. yeah Okay, so I have a story for you. Yes. Well, I told you half of it. I texted half of it to you. Yes, I know exactly where this is going. But um, so I was thinking about the word last week. We didn't end up recording. And then 
I took my kids downtown. We took the L. They always want to take the train. They think oh, it's, okay. like, the coolest thing. And okay. if you've been on the L in Philly. Girl, nope. <laughs> and nope. Um, you know, so I have, a, I have like, my guard up. Of course. Because of all of the cast and of characters that yeah, are on the train. Yeah, and it's, you're with your babies. I'm with my babies. So we're going to take the L to... Reading Terminal Market, it's like a magical thing for them to go on the L. And we get on there and, you know, most of the people who were riding the train when we were looked to be homeless um, or at least in in a rough way. Mm -hmm. And there was one guy who was sitting like right next to us. This has like been burned in my brain ever since this weekend. This, so I'm telling you this, but it's been replaying, yeah. Yeah. So there's a guy who's sitting and the neighborhood we live in, I should mention, the, I mean, the opioid ep- epidemic, I feel like it's terrible everywhere, but it's, like, infiltrated into the neighborhood where yeah. there's a lot of homelessness, there's a lot of people using. So my, it's not, like, something my kids have never seen before. But we're sitting on the train, and there's a guy um, who appears to be homeless. He has, like, a satchel with him, and he's very, like, tattered and, like, looks, like, worn. And he gets out a water bottle, and he starts pouring it on his hands, and like rubbing his hands together and so then the water is just like trailing in the oh there's that in the train yeah Yeah. um it's kind of like making a mess he's making a little bit of a scene and there's a guy who's standing at the edge of the train next to him and he like looks at him and goes to talk to him and I feel like in most of those situations people just like act like you're there invisible exactly Mm -hmm. and so he looks at him and he says sir I really mean no disrespect but there are kids on this train who are watching what you're doing. This is not appropriate behavior for a train. And this guy goes, I just need to wash my hands. My hands are dirty. And he's like, use some sanitizer. Pouring water on your hands is not appropriate. And the guy goes, but I don't have any sanitizer. And so this man takes sanitizer out of his bag and, like, literally empties it, like, squeezes the whole thing out for this guy so he can wash his hands. He's washing his face. He's like, thank you so much. And this guy's like, yeah, sure, of course. Just, like, want, you know, want you to take care of yourself. And so, first of all, I'm like, man, like, he just humanized him. He really wasn't like, you are disgusting, Shame, disappointment, yeah, he, rejection. He just treated him like, "Hey, dude, like, like if you were my friend." And I was like, "Don't do that. Like, do this instead." And then he gave him something and just like helped him. And then, as this guy who helped him was walking off the train, he took out a sharpie, like an expo marker, um, not a sharpie, like a dry erase marker, and he wrote on the glass in the train a like a letter to folks in Kensington who are using. And it was like, dear people of Kensington, this drug problem needs to stop. Like, basically, like, I'm rooting for you to make it end. And I'm like, is this guy's whole life that every space he occupies, he's just thinking about encouraging people to be their best selves? Do you know what I mean? In the very least, he is awake enough to see that there is suffering. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the, that is like the, the place where I don't even, I think the tenderness that he showed, like the willingness to, I mean, like essentially confront him, mm-hmm. right? He used, he used, seems like he used tenderness and grace to, to make an offering. Mm-hmm. And that is what I, I'm, I'm like, wow, what remarkable bravery, right? Yeah. Courage. But I, I do think that, that what comes before the outward action is an inward shift that says that I'm going to see. I'm going to feel, I'm going to perceive, I'm going to be aware. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where courage starts. 
So I don't know if the if he's moving through the world all the time like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, how interesting if he is, or if he's just being like radically expressive of what he is aware of mm. and making it known. Yeah, I think the courage, the reason it, like the word courage jumped out to me is because it, it was that idea of conviction. It's like, what are my convictions? And do I have the courage to act on them? Because I think... Girl, I mean, my eyes are like popping wide. in my head. They all should just watch me. They roll and look like the Ken Barbie doll. Well, but the thing is, I, I'm, I live in fear of what others will think of me and also just the fear of like rocking the boat. I'm always in, in fear of rocking the boat and I'm trying to step more into myself and take courage to speak up speak up in rooms, you know, I'm always the person who just kind of sits back and lets other people say their thing. And I'm trying to think about what it means to have courage to actually speak and act on my convictions, not just to have them. And when I was watching this go down, I'm like, yeah, I, I look down on other people who live in the city just for all the beautiful, good, fun things, but care nothing about the people of the city. But I kind of and the same, like, I wouldn't have helped this guy. I would have just looked at him with judgmental eyes, like, why are you acting this way? Would I have actually just treated him like a human and offered him something? And so in my mind, I'm like, the next time I have this situation, I'm going to offer something. And then fast forward to this morning at 5.30 in the morning, which is when I'm leaving my house, I open, uh, well, like, I heard people talking outside and right outside right outside my door which was weird I'm like who's awake and I peeked out the window I didn't see anyone and then I came outside and there's an abandoned house next to us mm -hmm. that's like boarded up mm -hmm. and there was a guy sitting on the stoop there um which is like right by my door you know with like bags and and he got immediately embarrassed when he saw me mm. he was like he wasn't out of it he was like I'm so sorry ma'am I'm just I don't feel well so I had to take a break and I had to sit down but I'm trying to get like two blocks I just need to take a rest like he was clearly embarrassed and I was just like man can you imagine like operating in the world and knowing that your very presence makes everyone uncomfortable that's so sad it's so sad and I was just like, it's okay, it's fine. And I walked to my car and I like put myself in my car. I don't know why this is making me emotional. Um, I'm, Conviction. I've, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm like, I'm just walking over him. It's like the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm like, I'm just stepping over him to get to my place. And so I put myself in my, and, I, and I'm like, I could justify this with fear. Like, I don't know who he is. I'm, I'm being rushing. Protected. I don't have yeah, time. But I'm like, this guy is not going to hurt me. Like, I, I believe that 100%. And so I walked back to my house and I was like, hey, I'm like, what do you need? Like, do you want a banana? Do you want a cup of water? Like, what can I get for you before I go? And he was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, I just really need to make it two blocks. And I'm like, well, you know what? I believe in you. This is a new day. It's the morning. You can do this. You're going to do it. And I went back, grabbed something Speaking else. Speaking life. I know. And I came back and he goes, thank you for saying that you believed in me. I, I need to believe in myself more. I need to believe in myself more. And I'm like, you do. Like, you've got this. You can do this. And so I got in my car and then I see him get up and like literally run. <laughs> he like ran, you wow. know, down the block yeah. and got out of there. But yeah, I was like. He moved. He moved. He moved. And you know how hard it is sometimes? <sighs> to move you know like I can I, there's, there are moments when I know I felt 
utterly stuck. And that idea that from nowhere, you know, like a tender voice comes and says, keep pushing, you know, like pull, 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 pull in within yourself, root yourself in yourself. You can move. That's huge. And, and, I, and it's like, it's remarkable how powerful being, um, being open to just recognizing someone else's existence, mm-hmm. like the simplicity of it saying that I see you. It's crazy. It, it's such a reminder of how invisible I think all of us feel at mm-hmm. some moment. Yeah. Yeah. And how we have such shared basic human needs. You know, like the guy washing his hand and thinking like he just wants he's getting off the train. It feels silly when you see someone who is so disheveled, covered in dirt mm-hmm. to be like, no, he still cares about the fact that he's going somewhere and his hands are dirty. Or even in that moment, he just came into awareness that his hands were dirty and mm-hmm. he wanted to, to experience being free of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does. It does take in a culture that tells us mm-hmm. that everyone's scary. Mm-hmm. Right. That, it, it takes a lot of courage to, to, to be with other people, to make space for other people, to resist that cultural, um, that, that cultural kind of pressure Yeah, to be afraid. Being, being kind takes courage. It does take courage. Being kind takes courage. You know, I, I think about, though, like growing up Muslim, one of the things that you're taught is that one of the most remarkable acts of charity that you can offer someone is a smile like that's like a as a kid you're taught like being charitable is the courage to look someone in their eyes and offer them a smile that's an, a major act of charity and and that I, I do think that I don't normally think about think I appreciate that story I don't I don't I do I, I live in that way I think but it's not cognitive and it's it's like it's interesting to have it like brought into my like mind in that way. I would say you live in that way. But I don't I, think about it. Not like all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think really the only reason I thought about it so much was because my kids were with me. And this man specifically mentioned my children that they were watching. And I hadn't realized they were watching until he said, there are children watching. And I looked at my kids and I thought, oh my gosh, like, yeah, they are watching, but not only are they watching this man, they're watching how I regard him. They're watching my eyes, they're watching my body language, they're trying to figure out who's safe and who's not safe. And so what does it look like for me to teach them caution, you know, healthy caution as children, but also teach them like every human is worthy of us emptying out our hand sanitizer. And in the very least, seeing them, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes the seeing is the smile. It's not the offering of the sanitizer, yeah. right? Like it's such a spectrum of how do we just have the courage to be work, working through our own shit while also recognizing that there are people around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right, though. I was, you were talking in even like the longer story of your grandmother and your mom. I thought about this reading I was doing this weekend about the ways in which we, we are born into these generational maps. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like we are all trying to figure out how to navigate the world. Mm-hmm. And our parents who are trying to help us, they give us the maps that they've built. 
And then we walk out into the world navigating it with the map that they gave us. Mm-hmm. And then we have our own experiences, what happens in, in the institutions that we're in, the schools, the, the spiritual places, the sports teams, the cl- you know, like all these places add onto our maps. And getting to the point where you can see that that's happening takes courage. Getting to the point where you can acknowledge that there are places in your map that need to be revised like, you know, like there are ways that you've been moving through the world that you can probably maybe stretch beyond that takes courage. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like rewriting it takes a lot of courage. And I think that, you know, you going back to what you said about the idea of each of us have these these basic needs, mm-hmm. food, water, shelter, safety. When we get up, we work up through that that evolution that that the top of that pyramid is this place where we're able to really do the, have the courage to work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, and then it's like, that's the, that's the journey, I think, is like securing our basic needs, working through other people and helping them to secure their needs and all the while having the courage to recognize that we have these maps that we think keep us safe, that we need to keep reworking them mm-hmm. in an effort to become our, our fullest, highest selves. Yeah, and I love this maps idea because I think it's easy for us to think that courage is the same for everyone. Like, I, I think in our culture, we definitely see certain types of actions and say, that's a courageous person because they do this. But that might not actually be courageous for them. That might be easy for them, embedded in who they are, where for someone else, that could be incredibly courageous to do the opposite, you know, to not do that thing. And yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because um, a woman, a woman said to me who didn't know me very well, but we were taking a class together. I was climbing a rope in the class I was in, and I climbed up really high. And after class, she's like, "You are fearless," and it shocked me because no one has ever called me that before. And I feel like I'm a fear-ridden person, and I was like there is no way I'm fearless, but that is a big fear of hers. And so seeing someone else do it, she thought like, you're fearless. Meanwhile, here I am like stressing out because I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And you know how I am on airplanes. Mm -hmm. You've been on an airplane Mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. And Kimberly's not going to be with me for me Mm -hmm. to like dig my hands into her arm. And I am, I I keep having to like talk myself up, like be courageous, be courageous. You're going in the sky. It's going to be fine. And it, it was just so ironic to me to think like, People don't know. Like, you do not know a person's internal turmoil turmoil, and what is courageous for them. No, you don't know. You don't know. And uh, I still think that when we tell someone else that they're courageous, we're trying to tell ourselves that mm-hmm. we can be more courageous. Yeah. You know, like we're seeing in them that thing that we're, that we're struggling with and, and trying to figure out how to use them as a beacon of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's, there's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. And then it, be, it begs the question, though, like, what is courage then? You know, like, how are you, Sarah, how are you defining then what courage is in this moment of your life in this season? I think based on the ba- past week, <laughs> it's come up so many times yeah. since we texted that word to each other. I'm realizing that for me right now in wh- who I want to be, courage is listening to my convictions mm-hmm. and listening to that still small voice and moving when I feel the nudge. You know, courage is as simple as... And and when I feel fear creep in and I realize it's just a... F- like, if, if I can unpack that fear 
So if I feel fear creep in and I'm unpacking it and saying like, what is the root of this fear? Is it a healthy caution because I need to take more time to sit with this? Or am I just afraid of what people think of me? Am I, you know, is it fear of man? Is it fear of um, not looking cool? You know, is it like something silly? Is it something serious? But like, what is the fear that's holding me back from doing this thing? And um, if if it doesn't align with how I want to center my values, then I need to take that step and be courage and be courageous. Yeah. I I love that word, um, conviction. I haven't heard that in a while. You know, like we talk about like what we feel called to do or compelled mm-hmm. to do, but yeah, moving from a place of clarity about what your convictions are, even if it's not like a permanent set of like, this is in my core constitutional value set. It's mm-hmm. just like a feeling that this is the right thing. This is the next right thing to do. And having the bravery to choose the next right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big part of what it means to be courageous too. Yeah. And it's, again, for me, a lot of times it shows up as even just speaking up or disagreeing. I feel like I'm always trying to be agreeable with other adults mostly. Um, What does it look like to disagree or like, you know, I was at a meeting recently and we were putting together this panel um, I was working with another company and I realized in that moment that all of the perspectives that were going to be represented were so um, focused. I mean, it was like mostly men, mostly white, and that does not align with your company, my company. Right. But I felt myself in that moment afraid sitting in this like virtual room, but sitting in a room of men, like I felt so afraid to just say something about it. And I'm having this entire interior conversation like, what kind of a leader are you going to be if you can't speak up for your community and you can't speak up for what you're trying to build? And will people even feel like you're for them if in this room you don't speak up for them? And so I said something, but I realized I was shaking. Like, it wasn't easy. I don't know if it looked like it was easy to them, but internally I was dying. Then I have shame that I'm that I can't just say these things with ease. With ease, mm-hmm. maybe I will someday. Yeah, well, you totally will. It's a, it's like what, it's a muscle. It's a muscle because, like, the idea of I think that one of the things that this is what courage I think always requires. Courage always requires a confrontation. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's within yourself or outside of yourself. It always begins with an inner confrontation that has to be externalized. And that makes us sweat. You know, like it takes a long time before we we reevaluate our relationship with what it means to confront because it has so much negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And then once I think once we face the idea that like we have a healthy relationship with this notion of confronting something, like take tackling it, facing it, you know, standing in the sun and the shadow of it, then you get more comfortable with that element, right? With being in that element of just like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be tragic. It doesn't have to be angry. It doesn't have to be sad. It's just I need to express what's happening inwardly. I'm confronting how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to make put that out in the world. And I'm going to just, you know, and then how other people feel is how they feel. Right? And we're going to do it with, with, like, a sense of, like, humility and deference when that's necessary. 
and sometimes we'll do it with, with indignation and like fire when that's necessary. Mm-hmm. And we will, we're able, we have to tell ourselves, we are able to modulate mm-hmm. how we respond in a context, given the fact that we are aware that a confrontation with something has to happen and that feels initially uncomfortable. And, yeah. and then the more you settle with like, it's like any kind of like, go back to the idea of like, the space beyond discomfort is learning. Mm. The more you get comfortable with that discomfort of, I'm going to have to say something, the easier it becomes to say, like, I'm going to say something, and people are going to feel how they feel, and I'm going to respond to how they feel, and it's going to get us to a richer understanding. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. That's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big piece of it, too, is letting people feel the way that they feel. I was talking about a different situation with my therapist and saying, um, you know, I don't want to make this person uncomfortable. And she kept saying, it kind of sounds like this person needs to feel a little uncomfortable. And you don't know that what you're going to do is going to make them feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Like you can't control anyone else's feelings or responses. You can only control yourself. Yeah. And I also think, nor can you know. No. Like you, we, you know, like we are so infinitely creative as human beings. Mm-hmm. We are quick to tell, to, to just like tell a story of how someone else is going to feel. Yeah. Maybe based on how we would feel or how we think they're going to feel. And, and what we're doing in both of those scenarios is we're prioritizing someone else's feelings over ours. Mm-hmm. And we have to condition ourselves to recognize that our feelings, they matter. Yeah. And then other people can have their feelings and their feelings can matter too. But there is, that too doesn't negate the I. It makes it makes me think of the time when you talked on the podcast about crying at the the lounge yes. in the airport, mm-hmm. I, yep, <laughs> and being okay with feeling how you needed to feel and showing it outwardly and not worrying about the other people in that space yeah. and what that meant for them. Yeah, and what that mean about what they would need to confront. Yeah, for themselves that had nothing to do with me. Maybe it's plants. Like trying to figure out stuff for you. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Um, um, yeah. I feel like we've talked a lot about me in this podcast and not as much about you. It's all good because when I, I listened to, I went back and listened to to Crisis and I was like, oh my God, I, I sound, I'm talking so much. No, so. I love when you talk. Yeah. But this was And I love when you talk. <laughs> Could you think of one area of your life right now where you want to be courageous or you want to show up and have courage? Yeah, I think that for me, sometimes the thing that requires the most courage is trying to figure out and get clear about what am I allowing myself to dream like, what are my big, big dreams? And how am, am I, like, how am I stepping into a faith that those big, big dreams, that I have optimism for those big, 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 big dreams, um, when, the, when the odds don't always seem like there's, that they're very clearly stacked in my favor. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not, like, always, like, there's, like, a, I think I have a path, and y'all know I'm a strategist, so I think I have a strategy. But what it really requires is me to, to really to really have just have faith and I that's to me sometimes I think just courage is an act of faith Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think that that's one way I'm thinking I think about like what's my next big future what Mm -hmm. is that what does that look like 
it's just going to take some courage to be like, I'm going to at least give myself the, the space to dream real, real big. That That is a first for me. That's a first step of like, of just, of putting into the into existence something that is is wild mm-hmm. quite frankly is wild and unconventional and you know doesn't have there's not a clear it's gonna take some meandering and yeah yeah so that that's a place where I think it that I will that's gonna require some courage for me mm-hmm. on a very like surface level kind of it's like deep but it's also kind of surface but it's also internal because it's you're you're exercising courage to even like orient your heart in a certain direction to believe yeah. you know to have hope to believe to yeah to dream to dream and, and then like to really be thinking about you know what is my what what is that what is that dream about and having to and sometimes I think like even just like being honest with yourself about what you want and why mm-hmm. takes so much courage it takes so much courage to like get to the floor of like what's motivating you mm-hmm. to like really leave like the comfortable cozy living room of your mind and say like I'm gonna go in that basement and be like what's going on in that basement so I, so I can get clear on like what are the things that are really that are driving my anxieties or my ambition or my longings my yearnings um, you know and that's a place that you can only travel really I mean having a therapist is incredible but even with the therapist they're yeah. just they're just with you for the ride yeah you, you still have, have to, to do walk. it <laughs> yeah you know like you, you still have to gotta, do the work you still gotta do the work. You gotta still gotta drive the car, whatever the metaphor is. Yeah, it still like requires you to to move. I think that's so true. I love this idea that courage, and I mean, it was even in the definition, but there's always a conflict, or there's always something that you're um, coming up against, maybe an adversary, <laughs> or to do something that frightens. Yeah. One. And and also like that notion that what frightens me may not frighten someone else. Mm-hmm. The things that I'm like you know, really nervous about mm-hmm. is they have some other people are just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I think about that all the time because, you know, you hear people's biggest fears are like speaking in public and right. performing, you know, different things that for me don't feel hard. Mm-hmm. Usually. Mm-hmm. But then like walking onto a plane. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Where people are like, what's the big deal? Yeah. And I think sometimes people will say to me like, I can't believe I'm so surprised that you have these fears because they see these very public things. So I think that's a good reminder that when we see people doing things in the world, we just have no idea what what got them there, um, what obstacles they had to overcome, and where their courage comes through, you know, where their spaces that they have that are personal to them, where they have to act in courage. And I think about where courage comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it ultimately, I just think it really comes from, it comes from having an, an accurate relationship with what you've done before and who you've been before. Mm-hmm. And then grounding your next best step in, in like, holding space for that and being honest about that and, you know, tender with yourself about what you've, what you've, what, when you've faced it before. Not, yeah. not like the it, like the fear of the plane, though it could be where it's like, oh, I've been on a plane this time and it was fine and that time it was fine and that time it was fine. But on, on a global scale, it's like, no, I, I, felt, I felt afraid before. Mm-hmm. I felt uncertain before. I felt confused before. You know, it's cool. This is a feeling. Let's get to the whys. Let's go into the basement. What are the whys? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's the leap. And I don't think we have to, I don't think that the, cur- that the most courageous thing always means you're acting alone. Yeah. You know, like I think that that we we act in with courage within a sense of with a sense of support 
right? And that support is a system, right? Mm-hmm. There are all these people who are like figuring out how to orient you towards like what, what you're expressing to them as you're due north. Because sometimes I think courage is just telling people who are in your system mm-hmm. that this is the thing I really want, or this mm-hmm. is the thing I really need, or this is the thing I'm really yearning for. And then help allowing them to help you you know, tell like the, the man that you met on the, the, the stoop this morning mm-hmm. that they tell you to move, mm-hmm. right? Like they tell you, they, it's not like, you don't always have to tell yourself. Sometimes courage is letting someone else who you feel safe with know that you're stuck so they can help you move. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's about like, you know, trust and faith, you know, conviction and confrontation. Yeah, so what do we tell the kids? How do we put this in a nice little you know, cute little package. I've been thinking about this a lot too. Um, after I took my kids on the L, I asked them on the way home, did you all see that man on the subway? And my two outer kids said, no, they didn't. And then Demi Jean said, I did. I was watching him. And I kind of talked to them through, how did you feel? Or what did you notice? And just trying to get a sense of her perspective yeah Yeah. and so um it brought up a conversation about when we see something that feels sad for us or feels wrong or we see someone suffering what do we do and like what does it look like to have courage in that moment and so I think what I want to tell the kids is what I'm learning which is in those moments when you feel that um urge to come up against that adversary whatever it is um don't quiet that voice really dig into what that voice means and share it like like you said it doesn't have to be alone find someone who you trust that you can process it with who can encourage you to have the courage you need the next time you are in that situation yeah that's beautiful i I think For me, I want to tell the kids that, you know, courage is not always about the outcome. It's about, like, the journey. It's about the movement. You know, like, on the other side of what you decide, like, what the confrontation is, you can't know what's going to come after you step into your own sense of place in relation to something that feels harder for you. It's not about that. It's not always about what comes as an outcome of of you acting with courage, right, regardless of who you feel you need to call out or check or or speak up against or stand up to. It's not about that. It's I think sometimes courage is you being in healthy relationship with yourself and 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 you working that muscle of rooting for you and and doing the thing that that gets you closer to being in alignment with yourself. Mm-hmm. And and that's not always about what the outward outcome is. It's not about like if you do that thing how people necessarily respond to it. We cannot control always people's responses to what we choose. I think courage, I want to tell the kids that courage is about you, you know, aspiring to be in relationship with yourself and, and honoring yourself and, um, and, and moving through the world with a, with a real brave alignment to doing what feels true for you in a moment um, every single time, you know, and that's, that's, the, that's this journey is staying and aspiring to stay in alignment with yourself. And that takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
School for Disruptors is recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's engineered and produced by us with music by the work O'Shea. You can catch up with O'Shea at It's Pronounced O'Shea on Instagram. And you can catch up with us there at School for Disruptors. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, recommendations, or just want to tell us what stood out to you about the show, please send us an email, theschoolfordisruptors at gmail.com. And thanks for being here.